right, folks. We have made it. Welcome to the season finale. That's right, the regular season finale. Good news, everybody. We were on two weeks' notice, but we got five more episodes coming for the playoffs. So that's great news if you're a fan of more football. I'm your host, Adam Amber, alongside, as always, the stars of the show, Vach Lombardi and Richard Johnson. Vach, back from Mississippi, rocking a fantastic hat. Let's start there. How is Mississippi? Mississippi is very Mississippi. There is only one Walmart. There is only one gas station. There is only one McDonald's. No Chick-fil-A. Everything else is just woods and trees, but it is home. I I like the fact it's very economical. I'm sure Jolly St. Nick was great to you. Got you some new kicks and all the rest of it. Richard, we are going to start with you because Santa did not give you a heaping of coal. He gave you the best present you could possibly have. For those that endure misery as sports fans, they can appreciate what you went through, the ups and downs of this tumultuous season, not just this season, but the years past it's always been rough for Saxonville but now finally there is a glimmer of light what's it like for you knowing the Jacksonville Jaguars are the number one pick and you're going to have Trevor Lawrence this is literally the most important uh and 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 just impactful offseason for the Jacksonville Jaguars in probably 15 years maybe 20 years to be completely honest with you uh the feeling honestly when Sam Darnold took the knee at MetLife Stadium on Sunday and the Jets officially had won that game and I knew I knew that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to get Trevor Lawrence it's not just about Trevor Lawrence though it's the fact that this franchise is going to get a new quarterback a new GM most likely a new head coach it's going to be the most cap space or the second most cap space of any team in the NFL. All the talent on this roster is young and locked up into rookie contracts. There's maybe two bad deals on the whole thing. And you've got your best player in Miles Jack locked up for the significant long term. This is a feeling of complete and total carte blanche that is like really hard to put into words every single thing the Jacksonville Jaguars have done since halftime of the 2017 AFC championship game has lit fan goodwill on fire systematically they've traded anybody worth a damn and now they are sitting here at the precipice of turning this franchise 180 in a way that is really really hard to comprehend I mean this is a big big deal man and uh, I'm pumped Adnan Verk One of the first people to text me congratulations after the Jets got the win. It's been a miserable season. Vach Lombardi did not text you congratulations. Vach Lombardi did not text me congratulations. I wanted my team to keep losing so we could be in that conversation, my good sir. But I am happy for you. I just wanted my team to be in that same conversation. If I could just take time to hate on the old people real fast. I was watching the game, right, and the Bears scored and the fans started cheering. I said, oh, boy, (laughs) that's a tanking organization. That is a fan base that knows what's best for the greater good. There will be no old, crusty people that's going to be, oh, you play to win the game. Not this year, nope. sir. Win later when you get Trevor exactly. Lawrence. Exactly. A generational quarterback? Yes. Let's tank and let's get Lawrence and let's make things happen. Congrats to Rich. I'm thrilled for it. Any fan who is a fan of a team that has been awful for a long time, I like to see a glimmer of hope. Um, as far as what's happening with the NFC East, speaking of misery right now, I was also texting Vodge because I'm like, man, your Cowboys put it on my Eagles. Eagles are up 17-3, to and then Dallas comes roaring back. As I texted you, Vodge, uh, the Eagles secondary made Troy Aikman all of a sudden appear because that's exactly what Andy Dalton looked like out there. As you texted back to me, Eagles need about seven corners right now because after Darius Slay and their safeties, it was misery. But listen, this is how bad it is right now. We'll, we'll get to this in a second, actually. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead to Dallas and, and what's going to happen in the NFC East. Let's do the AFC first, okay? Because there's lots of different permutations here. 
You look at all the 10 and 5 teams. This is crazy to think about. We had this conversation, the three of us, on this program as far as, this, I think it was what 6 and 3 team is not going to make the playoffs. That was a few weeks back. Now you've got five 10 and 5 teams. One of them is not going to make the playoffs. All right? Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. The Colts need the most help of all those teams. If all those teams win and the Colts win, they don't make the playoffs. The Colts, as an 11-win team, could miss the playoffs. So now it becomes, all right, well, who are they facing? Pittsburgh is going at Cleveland. We thought perhaps that could be a matchup to determine a division champion. Instead, Pittsburgh actually does pick up a victory, so we're good there. Cleveland, though, they got to win. They're playing at home against Pittsburgh. Indianapolis, they're at Jacksonville. That's the good news for the Colts. They're taking on Rich's Jags, so they feel pretty good there. Buffalo is at Miami. Okay, Buffalo, are they going to play all their starters? Not necessarily sure. And the Dolphins are at home. Baltimore is at Cincinnati. That feels pretty good for Lamar Jackson and company. And then it's Tennessee at Houston. Again, Tennessee on the road. Deshaun Watson's been great, but Houston has not. Vach, it's just tough to say, but of those five teams, which one do you think is not going to make the dance? It's probably going to be the Colts, and we're all probably going to be on the same page here. But if they need the most help, and these other teams are the teams that they need help from, these teams have matchups that it looks like they could possibly be winning. I don't have a lot of faith in Pittsburgh. I mean, we saw Pittsburgh beat the Colts, but Pittsburgh started slow, and the Colts kind of gave that game away. So they put themselves in this whole situation here. Uh, I got faith in the Browns. I got faith in even if Buffalo rests the starters, and we're going to talk about this whole Fitzpatrick Tua thing later. But it's just, you know, you don't want to be in this situation where you need help especially when the teams that you're fighting against they got easy matches so uh it's looking like the Colts and old man rivers simpatico my brother because i do think it is the colts <laughs> that will be left out of the dance even though the colts will do the business over the jacksonville jaguars but i can't sit here and lie to the audience and say it would be really really sweet for the jaguars to rise up and bookend this season with a win over the division rival to completely and totally knock the Indianapolis Colts out of the playoffs. Rich, don't be phony, Mike man. Don't Glennon be phony. Keep rises it again. Yeah, listen, Rich, you already got your number one pick, okay? Let's not get cocky and trying to upend the Colts right now. Let's not get greedy. Uh, that's what's going to happen. I'm with you guys. I think the way the matchups go, at least on paper, all those teams seem favored, and Indianapolis needs the most help, so they're obviously the most vulnerable. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, when I go back to that game, so – did we learn anything from last week here, Rich? Pittsburgh, we were all collectively saying as an 11-3 team, they had so many problems. Their offensive line can't do anything. They can't run the ball. They still can't run the ball, by the way. They're able to throw the ball down the field and, and get those three touchdowns, roar back to 28-24 win. Cleveland, meantime, <laughs> their receivers. How about this situation? So Jarvis Landry's out along with three other receivers. Why are all four guys gone because of covid because they're in a hot tub together. Four dudes sharing a hot tub together. It's hot tub time machine. And that's why Baker Mayfield's receiving core was completely decimated and Cleveland's offense looked awful. I was hoping, Rich, we were going to say Pittsburgh-Cleveland. This one's for all the marbles to win the division. Instead, that's not the case. Do you feel a little better about Pittsburgh? And do you feel less confident in Cleveland at all? Yeah, they hot tub time machine to a time before, you know, like Jim Brown or even that. Uh, I... I... <laughs> This 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 is sort of the worst case scenario for Cleveland in the sense of we saw them at their most limited, right? It was a run game that wasn't exactly clicking in that first half because the Jets front, I retain, is decent, even without Quinn and Williams. 
Uh, and, and so Baker Mayfield had to do things with his arm, but he didn't have any receivers. So you were handicapping him, uh, you know, as, as far as what he could do with the pass again. The Steelers, I don't know what they did with Ben Roethlisberger at halftime, whether they amputated the arm or, or they gave him a robotic limb or something, but he was a much better quarterback in the second half of this game. Uh, it would be very, very Pittsburgh to come out with uh, Mason Rudolph and still win this game against the Browns. I'm not quite sure that they will because I do think the Browns are quite competent. Uh, and as long as they get a couple of those receivers back, they should be okay. But last week was sort of, the, the, that was so, such a perfect storm, worst case scenario, because it was the Steelers doing what the Steelers have done under Mike Tomlin, which is just finding a way to win a football game, even though they haven't done it the last few weeks, and the Browns just being really behind the eight ball. So the Jets game really doesn't mean very much to me in terms of what the Browns are now because I still have faith in them. Uh, they were in a really bad situation. And look, this is the NFL, right? Everybody is a pro football team. Some are better, some are worse. But if you're relatively equal and then you get held back in that way, uh, being you lose you lose all your receivers, some of your offensive linemen, then it's just going to be bad for you. Something that I find interesting though, right? Pittsburgh are resting some of their guys. In my mind, would would it be more of an advantage to play your starters and keep the Browns out of the playoffs? Because in my mind, I don't want to play against that team no way. You know, like you know, maybe just get rid of them now while they're down, while they're coming off of COVID, while they have to get back in the rhythm. Then you don't have to deal with them later. Because you know, when the Browns are hot, when they're firing, that team is scary. And if they had to play the Pittsburgh um, team, you know, two or three times, the Browns may win more times than they lose. So I just think it's just kind of interesting to kind of put it in that frame of thought. If I'm playing against the Dolphins and they play Tua, maybe I feel better about playing Tua than playing against the, uh, you know, uh, Chubb and Hunt combo and things like that. So uh, I think the Browns end up, you know, winning the game. I mean, of course, Mason Rudolph here. Uh, Miles Garrett is going to get all the sacks he he can within the whistle. He's going to get those hits to get back at Mason Rudolph there. Uh, it should be interesting to look at. But if I was Pittsburgh, I would just play my stars and get those dudes up out of here. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. Yeah, it's been the most wide open, guys, since they went to a 12-team playoff back in 1990. Now with 14 teams, there are so many different permutations right now. Normally, you feel like a lot of this is locked in. Aside from the Chiefs being a one seed, we really don't know what's going to happen to that AFC. And, Vach, you bring up the next point, which is what about the Miami Dolphins? I mean, it was a great weekend of football. Triple header on Saturday, obviously a good slate on Sunday. The Monday Night Football, the Bills look good against the Patriots. But the highlight of Saturday was the fourth quarter involving the Miami Dolphins and the way that... Tua Tungavailoa did nothing all game. He was virtually non-existent. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and now it's time for Fitz magic. And Carr seemed equal to tax. He throws like an 85-yard touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. Back and forth we go. John Gruden, though, inexplicably, one of the worst coaching moves of the year, goes for the field goal rather than a touchdown. He gives the Dolphins enough time for Patrick, puts up that big heave. They get the face mask, get the field goal, and all the rest of it. So the bottom line is this, Foch. If you're the Miami Dolphins, you're trying to make the playoffs. You're a 10-5 team, good defense. Brian Flores, are you starting Tua again, or are you going with Fitzmagic? Maybe Brian Flores is a lot more... 
you know, tactical than we thought. Maybe this is an interesting thing that we're not really thinking about, right? Because in our mind, why don't you just play the better guy? But if Tua is the safer quarterback, is he if he's the more efficient guy, right? I mean, he was like what twelve for eighteen, but for ninety yeah, some odd yards, yards or something like that. Right, but if you don't panic because you have a weapon of mass destruction sitting on your sideline that can come in in three drives and get you two touchdowns, then why not play a safe, right? Because we know Fitzpatrick, right, the same dude that, that got signed to the Bills, went 6-0, and got his money, and went 6-10, and you know? So maybe Fitzpatrick can be hot or cold. So maybe you want to be lukewarm for three quarters, and then when, oh, in the fourth quarter, after we're you know playing great defense and we're down by three, let's bring that weapon of mass destruction out and let him play 15 minutes it might be brilliant it might be brilliant i'm just a youtuber i'm not a head coach <laughs> or anything like that i would just play fitzpatrick because Fitz, he seems to be the better guy but if he's gonna have turnovers and two is not giving you turnovers then maybe he's just a really good fourth quarter dude i don't know rich two is your starting pitcher uh ryan fitzpatrick <laughs> is your closer i don't know what they do during the middle innings uh you know i know starting pitchers only go about five innings adnan is our baseball guy on this show maybe maybe they get a third quarterback to be the uh the setup guy i i do think it's funny that tua is in this position because it's sort of the reverse of how he really rose to national consciousness remember the national championship game alabama versus georgia at halftime of that game nick saban puts tua tungavailoa in the game and tua tungavailoa uh, takes that team to a national championship, obviously winning that game in overtime uh, on that really uh, awesome pass, sort of walk-off touchdown. So Tua's been in this sort of quarterback rotation system before. Uh, you know, I, I think we've seen him do it. We've seen him do it well. So I don't think this like affects his psyche one way or another. Uh, but it is just kind of weird to see it in a professional football game. It reminds me of the old Steve Spurrier days. Uh, when Steve Spurrier was rolling in Doug Johnson and Jesse Palmer snap for snap for snap uh, back in the late yeah. 90s. Jesse think, does not miss those days, by the way, but go ahead, Vach. <laughs> but I think the fun thing about this, though, is you can only go and run in one direction. You can go to a first, and if it gets bad, then you bring out the nuke and Fitzpatrick. If you start with Fitzpatrick and he throws two interceptions and you get in a hole and be like, okay, we can't go to Tua here. We just got to keep riding Fitzpatrick. So maybe it's just smarter to go with the young guy first. Running gun, fun and gun. All right, how about one more topic? Houston and Tennessee. Could the Texans shock the Titans here, Vod? So, again, of these matchups, it feels fairly straightforward. On paper, you go, yeah, Indianapolis going to be outside looking in. They're going to beat the Jags, but the rest of these teams will take care of business, whether it's Miami over Buffalo, whether it's Cleveland over Pittsburgh. But maybe. What about Tennessee? Could they fall flat against Houston? They're on the road. J.J. Watt in passion speech after the last game. They do have Deshaun Watson. Can the Titans get tripped up, do you think? Hell no, why would they? The Houston Texans suck, and the <laughs> Titans are a lot hotter than them. The Titans just lost to the Green Bay Packers in the snow. They're probably going to have some good practice. Mike Mike Vrabel's probably a little more pissed off than J.J. White is. I don't I don't see I don't see uh, uh, Watson and this Houston Texas team doing anything. J.J. White just needs to be healthy and come back next season, man. Yeah, uh, Vrabel and the Titans are going to come in here with a chip on the shoulder. They're going to want to really put it on the uh, the Texans. But I do think it's interesting. The Titans' really problem against the Packers was that lack of pass rush. Couldn't get any traction in that snow. Aaron Rodgers diced them up. If that is their, if that is the same problem they have against the Texans, the Texans are going to give them all they want. And by the Texans, I mean Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's going to give them their money's worth on Sunday. Doesn't mean 
the Texans are going to win the game, but the Texans could, could push the Titans a little bit, which the Titans might need. I want to see that offense uh, be uncomfortable. Uh, you know, it was really uncomfortable in the first half uh, in the snow. Ryan Tannehill did not play well. Nobody really played well until the second half there when the Titans showed some life. Yeah, Matt LaFleur said we're going to keep Derrick Henry under 120 yards. Did even better than that. Kept him holding that under 100. It was 98 yards total rushing, and that's a big reason why the Packers are able to pull off the victory. See if the Titans step up, and maybe the Colts will be the ones on the outside looking in. Could be Old Man Rivers missing out on a playoff appearance. All right, let's move to the NFC, and here it feels a little more straightforward, although there's still some elements up in the air. Maybe the Packers are the one seed. Maybe the Saints are the one seed. And as far as the team is making the playoffs, well, now it gets a little bit dicey, especially if you're a fan of the L.A. Rams. That loss, the Jets could have come back to really haunt them because the Rams, well, they want to win, or if the Bears lose, they make the playoffs. But they do not have Jared Goff starting. Jared Goff did not fare well his last time out, also suffered a thumb injury. That means John Wolford is in. Sean McVay on John Wolford, who you're saying, who? Well, McVay, who's a great coach, and he's got some Doug Flutie in him. Well, let's hope the Flutie fakes are working here for Wolford. He's able to pull off some magic because the Rams are taking on Arizona. And the situation for Arizona is this. If they win, they've got to win to make the playoffs, and then they got to hope that the Bears lose. So here it is. The Rams, either they win or the Bears lose. Arizona wins and Bears lose. Arizona wins or the Bears, they make it with a win or Arizona loss. First and foremost, Rich, who wins? The Rams with Wolford or Arizona and a little bit more of a shaky Cardinals team than we saw a few weeks ago. I do think the Cardinals might just pull it out. I know that they did not play well on Saturday against the 49ers, but I do still believe slightly in the Cardinals. Uh, I, I do think the Cardinals can get it done, provided that Kyler Murray is healthy, which I do believe he will be. Uh, the team that is not winning out of that group is the Chicago Bears. I can tell you that. I think the Packers are going to be all over them, particularly because they are fighting for the one seed. Yeah, this isn't just a divisional rival game. This is the Packers actually have something at stake. So, Vach, I think the Bears are in trouble. I know it's been a nice story. Montgomery's been outstanding as a running back, obviously. Trubisky's played better, but Trubisky's Trubisky. I, I cannot see him stepping up against the Packers. I think the Bears are the most vulnerable. You? Um, Aaron Rodgers is a madman. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a madman, and let alone playing, you know, playing some team that he knows that he's been playing for the past ten or so years, and he's just super, super. I just know all of your secrets. I know all your deepest, darkest weaknesses, and and you know, I'm playing for something, like you said, Rich. I want that break. I want that bye week. So I think it's going to be pretty rough for the Bears. Now the Bears have proven to be more so of a run first team that can get Robinson involved, and we can do some things with Mitch, and we can be a little better. Shouts out to the Bears for kind of finding their way through this thing. But if you want to try to slow down Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, good luck to you, player. But I'm, I'm definitely going Green Bay. And here's what's interesting. The Bears have stepped things up, especially offensively. They've scored four straight games, 30 or more points. Montgomery's been great. But here's what Jimmy Johnson said, Rich, and this honestly caught my ears. He said, if the Bears make the playoffs, they save three jobs. The GM and Ryan Pace, the head coach and Matt Nagy, and the quarterback and Mitch Trubisky. And I had to think to myself, oh, I'm a Bears fan. Well, then I don't want them to make the playoffs because I don't think those three guys should all be returning in the same capacities. You? Uh, yeah, you know, Bears fans are not going to be thrilled about that, uh, you know, that realization. I do still think it's interesting that they could make the playoffs maybe flame out in the first round and still blow the thing up. Uh, you know, I don't think Ryan Pace should come back there. I don't think Mitch Trubisky should come back there. Uh, just because they were able to limp this thing over the line, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't blow this thing up. It doesn't mean that Mitch Trubisky is going to actually take the next step. Now, it doesn't mean the Bears aren't going to pay him, but if they do, I, I don't think Bears fans are going to be particularly happy about that. Vach, what do you think? 
I mean, first of all, it's not my team, so I don't care. But I got two angles of this, right? It's not my team. So if they want to play Mitch and they want to keep up, you know, just keep them. It's your thing. It's not mine. But the other angle that I look at this, right, is it's hard to find quarterbacks that play well for you. Like, like this whole thing is just throwing darts. So if you have a situation to where Mitch is kind of figuring it out, he's kind of getting it together, even if he's not the super, super franchise kind of guy that you want him to be, he is at least in a situation to where, okay, this is his formula for success. We talked about Baker, right? Baker's not going to be this Pat Mahomes kind of guy, but they have an idea of his formula. So if Mitch's formula is, okay, we're going to run the ball and just throw it to Allen Robinson. If that's his formula, then you might want to hold on to him a little bit more because these guys get figured out. And Mitch has been figured out, but if this is his formula to dig out of getting figured out, then good luck to you. Just an earlier comment, we're talking about Kyler Murray. I think something that's really holding him back is he's been figured out in a way that, okay, if you just keep him in the pocket and make him throw, he'll hold the ball a little bit longer. So Aaron Donald's going to be chasing him around on the bad ankle. That's his formula of, of beating Kyler Murray. He has to dig his way out of that. And look, you if you can put up 30-plus points with Mitch for the past four games, then keep just trying to do that. Draft a quarterback still just to kind of cover your back, but just run with Mitch. Yeah, it's interesting. If the Bears make the playoffs, I don't think that guarantees Trubisky's back. And if they don't make the playoffs, well, I think it even more hurts his chances of not being able to return. So I think either way, the Bears know that he is not necessarily their quarterback of the future. David Montgomery's been a big reason why they've been able to turn this thing on offensively. And to his credit, he has played better recently, but I would like to see it over the course of a season. And over the course of his career so far, Trubisky has not been a guy who has been reliably consistent. One more topic here with regards to the NFC, and that's who needs home field more? Is it the Packers or the Saints? Both teams are fighting for it. We know, obviously, without fans, it's a different story whether or not you're going to the Superdome in New Orleans, whether you're going to Lambeau Field. But I would think the Saints need it more. I mean, the Packers at home field, good luck. But I think that they might be able to travel better. I, it's This can go either way, Rich. What do you think? Who needs it more, Green Bay or New Orleans? I, I think the Packers sort of want it more because they want everybody to come to Lambeau. Um, you know, I, I, I also – but I get what you're saying, and then you're saying that the Packers don't probably don't care. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in a dome, good luck. Drew Brees – in the frozen tundra, that's where I think it could be a problem. So for that, uh, for that reason, I think the Packers want home field more because I think you'd rather have Drew Brees come to you with that arm in the cold uh, and limit that uh, that offensive attack that the Saints have. I think the Saints for two different reasons, right? Um, for okay, so one, if you take the Saints and the Packers, right, and you say, okay, y'all have to play four games. I think the Packers can win all four of those games. The Saints are going to have some problems. So if we're talking about playoff stuff, I think the Saints need as less games as possible just to make it to the Super Bowl, you know? Um, and in terms of the other side of this whole thing, uh, you know, Drew Brees broke like 11 ribs and played football in four weeks. So <laughs> I don't know how that works. So he maybe needs to sit down for a week just to make sure that everything's intact up in there. So I think the more time off is probably going to help him a little bit more. Alvin, who just saved everybody's fancy football team, won people a lot of money. Let him rest around for a little bit just to get him ready. Uh, so the Saints definitely needed more, but that's not to say that the Saints are the better team. I think the Packers are the better team, and they could just whoop anybody. But that's why they could possibly need it less. Saints need it more. Packers want it more because they know how tough the challenge is for any team to go to Lambeau Field in freezing, snowy conditions in January. That's the story when it comes to those teams. And as far as, you know, on the outside looking in, battle for the number one seed. Then we get to the real battle, which everyone cares about, which is the NFC East. So me and Vosh, of course, 
Cowboys and Eagles, he doesn't want to make the playoffs. He wants a draft pick. I kind of still want to make the playoffs to see if Jalen Hurts could do it, or at least make this week interesting. I want to see Eagles and Washington Week 17 for all the marbles division at stake. Instead, the Eagles, after having the lead, they blow it. The Cowboys come roaring back. Eagles secondary awful. As soon as Fletcher Cox left the game, their defense completely was in shambles. And their offense, by the way, after so much love about Hurts, they didn't do anything in that second half. So, Foch, you must not have been happy about this, I feel like. Normally, Cowboys beat the Eagles. You're laughing in my face, but even I don't think you were that enthused about it. I walked into it wanting the better for my draft picks because I saw this scenario to where we could be top five if certain things happen and the Cowboys lose. All right, cool. But when you're in that situation, it's either uh, lose the game for the draft picks or deal with Eagles fans chirping in my ear. And I will always take a Cowboy W over Eagles fans chirping in my ear. So, first of all, happy Cowboy Thursday because when the Cowboys win on Sunday, we win all week, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just say that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we kind of learned a lot about Jalen Hurts, you know, because Jalen seems to be a fast starter. If we go back to the Saints game, he was much more of a fast starter there. But when the second half came around, pass rush, switch things up in the coverage or whatnot, he kind of slows down a bit um and i think the the same thing happened in this game it didn't happen in the arizona game because arizona doesn't have pass rush and this takes us back you can go back and watch these old episodes of more football get us some more views please we talked about what's a good defensive performance jalen hurts can put up 300 or so yards but if he gives you two turnovers he you know fumbles one of them two interceptions i believe uh one touchdown and he only sticks to like 17 points for a whole half then you can say that the cowboys had a good game on defense as weird as that sounds for me to say as weird as that sounds the cowboys had a pretty good day uh so i think you know moving moving forward if you could pass rush those dudes you know it'll be a little bit easier for you but just in the terms of trash talk or whatever the eagles were the first team in the east uh to get mathematically eliminated in terms of numbers so uh shots out to add Vert and his eagles happy cowboy <laughs> eagles were three four and one bots and i said okay they're three four and one they're basically around a 500 team they're going to be five for the rest of the way, and they'll make the playoffs. They'll be seven, eight, and one. Maybe six, nine, and one. Nope. No, nope. they're the worst of those four teams. Doug Peterson thinks still, still thinks he's going to come back next year. I think Doug, uh, I want to double checking if those checks are clearing every two weeks because the Eagles right now, obviously, a mess on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're just, they're a team that's weaknesses were exposed throughout the season. Hurts at least offered a glimmer of optimism, but you still don't know who the answer is. You still have a huge problem with Carson Wentz and the salary. Maybe you trade him in Indianapolis, but. They've got lots of problems, whether or not it's the head coach and the play calling, who the quarterback is. The secondary got lit up. There's definitely lots of issues there with the Philadelphia Eagles. But with the NFC East now, it's either going to be the Dallas Cowboys or maybe the New York Giants, or maybe it is Washington here, Rich. If Washington beats Philly, then all of a sudden Ron Rivera says, hey, we're in the playoffs. Maybe it's the Giants. They need a little bit more help. They're facing the Cowboys, obviously. How do you think this all shapes up? Do you think Washington wins the division, Dallas, or is it the Giants? Look, I don't know who on earth is going to play quarterback for Washington, whether it's <laughs> Alex Smith uh, with his injuries or Taylor Heineke, who was a person I did not know existed until roughly halftime of the game on Sunday. Uh, but I, I sort of am looking at the Giants sitting there, sneaking around the chicken coop. Maybe they beat Vach's Cowboys and they get the help they need. And the New York football Giants sneak across the line here at, uh, at the end of the season. I can actually make the argument for you that the Giants defense is better than the Washington football team's wow. defense. It's just that the Washington team has a, has a better D line. But in terms of how am I going to attack somebody? If I'm against Washington, if I find a way to block those guys, I can eat them corners up. 
in my mind. But Bradbury has been playing out of his mind for the Giants. So if he's going to take away a number one receiver for you and you're just going to wave the rest of the defense to the other guys and just shut down the run because that D-line is good. Dexter Lawrence, um, Dalvin Thomas and guys like that. So it's all about matchups, right? Now, what are you going to do on the other side? I mean, hey, Daniel Jones comes back. We'll see what happens. Uh, Wayne Gallman is going to run the football. Dallas still has terrible uh, run defense. And this is just me taking shots at Adnan Virg and his Eagles again. I don't understand how you let Miles Sanders rush for almost four or five yards of carry and then throw the ball 30 more times. So maybe that's a Doug Mm -hmm. Peterson thing. But if I know Jason Garrett, if he's going to get five yards of carry, he's just going to keep running the football. You know what I mean? We're just going to keep running and Wayne Gallman is going to have 100 yards before you know it. So if it's up to me, yeah, I don't have faith in Andy Dalton just because he beat up on the Eagles and the Bengals and the 49ers. Absolutely not. I think the Giants had a little rough patch when Daniel got hurt. Cole McCoy is cool, but I think the Giants are actually going to put enough into Dallas to where they can beat us. And we get the Eagles' best offensive weapon, Miles Sanders and Doug Peterson. Let's just keep throwing the ball. We have like the worst receivers in football, 29th ranked passing offense. Let's just keep throwing the ball. I I like doing that. That's more fun. Uh, Let's get back to Washington for a second here, guys, because as Rich mentioned, we don't really know who's going to be playing quarterback. How about the message being sent to Dwayne Haskins? This is a guy who was a first overall pick. Um, Obviously, that was a decision made by Daniel Snyder. This was before that Ron Rivera was even a part of the team. But there's no question Haskins has not worked out this season. He was a starter. He was ineffective. Rivera benches him. He goes to Alex Smith, who has had 17 surgeries. Smith is hurt. Dwayne Haskins has a party with a bunch of maskless strippers. Rather than cut him, Rivera realizes, well, I don't have any choice, because as Rich said, the other guy no one's ever heard of, Heineke, and all of a sudden I got Smith who's hurt. So what the heck? We'll give Haskins a shot. Haskins plays terrible, Vach. He turns it over three times. If you think after the controversy, he gets stripped of his captaincy, people are criticizing him, he'd step up. No, he was awful. And now he gets released by Washington. How about the fact Ron Rivera is not messed around? They might lose this game with a quarterback no one's ever heard of, but he's not going to lose with Dwayne Haskins. He's seen enough, and they told him to hit the high road. I remember playing ball, coaching a little bit. You know, you would always hear coaches say, hey, I don't care who the starter is. I don't care who the big name guy is. I'm I'm looking for the hard workers. I will go on game day with 11 people if I have to. And you always hear them like, yeah, you're not going to cut that dude. You're not going to go without that guy. But it's just so interesting and refreshing to see somebody stand on that. Ron Rivera... Kaiser Sosa, he says, look, fam, I, you're not going to hold me hostage. I will get you up out of here and start this dude that I found at Home Depot <laughs> that I've never seen play, and I will run that dude out there and risk not making the playoffs because I refuse to sell my soul and play a guy that I don't want to play. I applaud Ron Rivera for that. He's not being held hostage by, oh, you have to play the draft pick. You have to appease the organization with the 15th overall guy. I don't know why they drafted Haskins in the first place, but it's just a lot to say about how, how, how bold he is and how how bad was Haskins, right? You know, when you're doing your evaluation, I can only go by what I see on tape. And he wasn't the best quarterback on tape, even coming out of Ohio State. But they know things we don't know. They know his work habits. They know how much he puts in uh, on the field and off the field, right? Even uh, working off practice. And if he saw in Heineke more than what he saw from Haskins in 17 or so weeks being with the team, then let's just run Heineke. And if we don't make the playoffs, whatever. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty easy for Ron Rivera to stand on ceremony and assert his culture, cutting a bad football player. And re- despite all of this, remember, Dwayne Haskins was not a good football player. That's why he got cut. Nobody cares if Dwayne Haskins was thrown for 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns with only five picks and the Washington football team was in playoff contention because of Dwayne Haskins. 
The Washington football team is in playoff contention despite Dwayne Haskins, despite what Dwayne Haskins was not able to offer their football team. I, you, We can say that Dwayne Haskins was overdrafted if everything was equal. But, Fox, you and I both know the impact of the quarterback position, particularly when you don't have one, which is why I actually don't really fault Washington for overdrafting him because, man, you just have to have a quarterback in this league. Trust me, as a Jaguars fan, I know. But at the end of the day, Ron Rivera can sit here and say he established his culture, yada, yada, yada. But the truth of the matter was he would have ridden with Dwayne Haskins if Dwayne Haskins had proved himself a good football player. You could have fined him. You could have stripped him of the captaincy, whatever. If he helps you win, you would have kept him around. But the fact that he was an anchor weighing your squad down uh, was the reason he got cut. Not really because it's, it's, it's an overly assertion of culture by Ron Rivera. And I understand that Ron Rivera also needed to do this because when he came in, he was dealing with the power struggle in the front office in Washington. And I think as the front office was cleared out at the end of last season, Ron Rivera is still trying to assert himself and sort of assert his dominance in the building there. Partying with maskless strippers, then get stripped of his captaincy and now looking for a job. What a 2020 for Dwayne Haskins. To be clear, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. I need to win a game. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. But I think the MVP for the season is Aaron Rodgers. His touchdown-interception ratio. I mean, Richard mentioned baseball. This is like strikeout-to-walk ratio. It's 11-to-1 touchdowns to picks. He's thrown for 4,000 yards at 37 years of age. He could be a three-time regular season MVP. Mahomes has thrown for 750 more yards, but a few more picks, a little less touchdowns. Hasn't been as strong lately. Again, Mahomes is a better player, but if I had a pick for MVP, I'd take Aaron Rodgers. Vach, how about you? You know, it's interesting. I think they should have conversations like this after the Super Bowl. Like, like I would hate to give it to Aaron Rodgers and then Pat Mahomes goes out and throws 20 touchdowns in the playoffs <laughs> and something bad happened to Rodgers, you know? Uh, but if it's up to me, though, I mean, who's the more valuable guy? I would say Pat Mahomes, sure. Uh, but I don't have a good argument about why not Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's, it's, it's really that close. Both of them are fantastic. But uh, the fact that Travis Kelsey is one of the best receivers in the league, I think that says a lot about what Pat's doing over there. Yeah, I, 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 I sort of lean Aaron Rodgers, but do I lean Aaron Rodgers just because I'm bored of potentially giving Pat Mahomes yes. the award? Again, because you've got Pat Mahomes in this sort of, he, he's got, he, or he I guess he's getting near sort of the Jordan trajectory where you could give it to him every year, the LeBron trajectory where you could give it to him every year. And just because we're bored, we may want to give it to another person. Again, whether you give him the MVP or not, do not normalize what Patrick Mahomes is. Do not normalize what Patrick Mahomes does on Sundays when he's not playing some motivated Atlanta Falcons. Aaron Rodgers does have the better passer rating this season, and that's why I think he is the slight favorite right now to win. He is going to be playing also on Sunday. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will be seeing much of the Chiefs because obviously they've got the first round by. They're ready to go. So maybe the MVP race already is over. Josh Allen obviously is also going to get consideration. Like, think about this race. This guy's completion percentage was 52.6 two years ago. Then went up to 58%. I mean, 60% is like a minimum, you feel like, for a decent quarterback. He's now nearly 70%. I know Brian Dable gets credit, their offensive coordinator. I know acquiring Stephon. Diggs is a big part of it. Cole Beasley, great slot receiver. You got Devin Singletary in the backfield. But Josh Allen, this guy could be top three in the MVP voting because of the resurgence he's had along with the Bills. And how about Derrick Henry? 227 more yards. He'll be at 2,000 yards. So I think it's Rodgers and Mahomes, but don't sleep on Allen and Derrick Henry, at least getting some votes. Well, remember, running backs don't matter on more football. As far as Josh Allen is concerned, <laughs> I, what Josh Allen has done, it's unheard of. Like, it's not just... 
he's playing really well and stuff like you know we 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 tried every which way to say you know let's wait on these bills let's try to talk about these bills in a few weeks after they prove it obviously they have proved it over the course of the season they've only lost one game since week six i mean they are a bona fide very good football team Josh Allen from going from a guy who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in college or as a rookie to what he is now. You just don't do that. I mean, he is an anomaly and it is really fun to watch for the Bills fans. So I'm draft guy and I get into a lot of social media fights and I wasn't a big fan of Josh Allen coming out of Neither Wyoming. Neither was I. For the- for the reason that you say, like, okay, he's throwing a slant, but he missed it. And he missed that bubble, but he hit this ridiculous throw where he was on the left hash in the back right of the end zone with only two inches to go. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, if he harnesses that, he'll be cool. But it's very hard to harness that. I'm not responsible for that draft profile anymore because he did what quarterbacks are supposed to do. It's not about drafting a guy. It's can you improve once you get there, right? Josh Allen that you drafted ain't the Josh Allen that you have right now. And I kind of wanted to keep hating on Bills Mafia because they just like to bother me or whatever, but I can say nice things about Josh Allen because he's done it for 16 weeks. Shouts out to him. Definitely getting things done. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun to watch football on Sunday. No games to enjoy on Saturday. No Monday night football, obviously. No Thursday night football, but a full slate on Sunday. So make sure you check out the zone for what should be an outstanding Week 17 as you see all these teams trying to collide and make the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers finally right of the ship with that win. Uh, you can check out Chase Claypool and the Rookie Diaries on the Zone. My interviews with the outstanding wide receiver and Canadian of the Pittsburgh Steelers once again on the Zone. For Richard Johnson, Vach Lombardi, I'm Adnan Burke. Thanks for checking out more football and the big news, folks. Again, we were on two weeks' notice. There was trepidation. Our producer, Amit, was never in doubt. Five more shows are coming for more football. So what's 2021 going to mean for all of you? More football. That's right, right here. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.